Oh, hi, podcast listeners. There's many ways you can listen to The Real Nerds Podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes. You can also subscribe on Stitcher Radio. You want to send us a Twitter message? You can do that. It's so easy, at Real Nerds. Like us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. You can visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com, where there'll be a lot of articles for you to not only read, but to listen to our previous shows. Do you like your stories told through pictures? Then you can also follow us at Real Nerds on Instagram. You can also call us, 720-6Nerds5. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Camera, action! Well, a real nerd knows who shot, and a real nerd can follow the plot, and a real nerd can... Just talk film! I'm sorry. Take it outside. Welcome to Denver Fan Expo 2022, the 10th one we've been to, and we're going to go way back, way back to the beginning. Are, are you, did you lose me? Oh, Okay. You just had a, you had a worried look. Sorry, folks. My, my producer looked at me like I, he couldn't hear me, and I, I got nervous. Um, so, but sorry, we're going to go all the way back to the very beginning with an author. David, did we first meet you at Mile High Comics? Possibly. Yeah. In fact, uh, I believe it was the pre-show to the first Denver Comic Con. Yeah. In 2012? Um, yeah, the the late uh, uh, Neil Adams was there signing. Yeah. It was the uh, first you time know, I met him. That's one that always sticks with me, too, because uh, one of our friends, Alex Sullivan, if that name sounds familiar to people, he was one of the people that was murdered in uh, the Aurora shooting, and he was a friend and a fan of our podcast. So that one always sticks in my mind because we are hanging out with him there, and then in two short months, he was gone, and something that, I mean, forever changed movies. And and so, yeah, but we'll get past the sad stuff. Um, Introduce yourself, because I just said your first name, and people are like, who the hell is this guy talking to? Um, Introduce yourself and tell us what you do. Uh, Hello, my name is David Boop. I am an author and editor. I have uh, one novel out currently, She Murdered Me With Science, a sci-fi noir uh, set in the 50s from Wordfire Press. Uh, I also have four anthologies, three weird westerns and one space western, with two more to come uh, from Bain Books. Uh, and those feature a whole bunch of great authors like Kevin J. Anderson, uh, Elizabeth Moon, Mercedes Lackey, uh, Joe Lansdale, uh, Jim Butcher, Larry Correa. So I have uh, like about 50 big name authors in my anthologies. Uh, I also do uh, screenplays, comic books, and we'll talk about comic books here uh, in a little bit, because there's some big news there. So, very cool. And you know, we have this connection too at the Denver. And actually, I was gonna. I want to verify this. this. Is one of my favorite, longest running. I don't know if it's a joke, but saying on our podcast, uh, you did the James Marsters panel the first day. I did it the second day. He hugged me, and he is the best smelling man I have ever smelt in my life. Can you verify for our listeners that he smells amazing? Oh, he smells wonderful. He, he smells like 
love. Yes. Yeah, he smells it's, a little bit like love. Yeah, it's yeah. it's like the longest running joke I have on the podcast yeah. that he came up and he hugged me and I like I, I I might be romanticizing it a lot, but he just smelled amazing. And you're the only other person I know that has had close contact with him. Right. And uh, so yeah, so he gave me one of the uh, best compliments I have ever gotten as an MC after after our talk. Uh, so what I do is I do a lot of research on uh, if I'm going to interview somebody, because I have a background in journalism, uh, if I'm going to interview somebody, I do a lot of research on them. And I look for that question they're waiting for somebody to ask yeah. that nobody has. And so when I got him up on stage, I asked that question and he was surprised and like almost emotional that somebody asked him that question. So when we got backstage afterwards, he did. He brought me into a hug and he said, thank you. That's the best interview I've ever had. Nice. And now, of course, that was a while ago. He might have had better since. But <laughs> at the time, I can honestly say I was the best James Marsters ever had. <laughs> well, that's, uh, I mean, you know, is is cool because he's a really personable guy. Oh, he's a great guy. And I, I'll, I'll never forget when I went, um, I have this thing where I try to meet them beforehand because I don't want them to be like, who's this guy just up there talking about me? And uh, so I went backstage and I said, you know, hi, Mr. Marsters, I'm Ryan. I'm going to be moderating your panel. And he was on his phone and he looked up like angry Spike. Like <laughs> he had this intensity in his eyes. And he looked up and he says, oh, no, Ryan, whatever you want to talk about, man, we're totally cool. I'm going to get rid of the table, though. I'm going to make it really intimate. So it was a really funny like transition right. where uh, I was like, oh, man, I didn't mean to interrupt him, but. It was just more of, oh, hey, what's up? <laughs> like, um, so yeah. it's always fun. Um, so, so in one half, you had the soulless spike, and the other half, you had the soulful spike. Exactly. Yeah, and okay, um, makes sense. I got lost in his eyes, and then he hugged me, and the smell was fantastic. <laughs> yeah. So I, you write for a living, and I was by your booth. Did you contribute to a Predator book? Yeah, a few years ago. They did a, uh, I think it was 25th anniversary Predator anthology, and I got to co-write a story with Peter J. Wax, uh, and we have a, a story about uh, a unfortunate um, Army Reserve team during Hurric Hurricane Katrina, uh, while they're busy trying to rescue people, get in the middle of a Predator hunt. And what's crazy about the story is what the Predator is hunting which is something that had not at that time ever been done in Predator lore. And there was a lot of questions at uh, 20th Century Fox whether or not to let us do this. Mm. But we spun it in a way that they said, okay, let's do it. Are they really protective of the Predator brand? Oh, very much so. And even more so after the Predator, mm -hmm. right? Because it, it was met with such backlash. They're like, okay, we're not doing that again. <laughs> we're going to do this other thing. And so there's a new Predator anthology. I'm not in it. But, but there's there's been a couple others. They did a Predator versus Aliens anthology. And I think they have a new Predator. Speaking of which, just one walked by. Uh, so they, they've... Uh, they have another one coming out, and uh, it's just great. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm really excited for the new movie, 
where it takes place 300 years ago with Comanche warriors. Yeah. And I was reading that it's actually spoken in uh, the First Nations language. Yeah. So I, I think it's going to be really fun. Oh, yeah. No, I'm very excited about it. I mean, obviously, this is the kind of thing that the anthologies do. Um, they uh, do Predator in different time periods. So like there's a feudal Japan predator and like ours was set during Hurricane Katrina. And then um, there's also like a sequel to Predators 2 and Predators in that anthology. So they don't mind uh, exploring Predator in different time frames, which is excellent. This movie is giving the fans what they've been asking for for ages, you know, ever since Predator 2, when he walks out with the flintlock. Right? Yeah. And I mean, I think that's a moment where everybody realized the story potential you had with these creatures that they've been coming here forever. Right. And to tell a story. And that's why I was a little like, man, I didn't know they were that protective of the brand after, you know, they made Alien vs. Predator, a PG-13 movie. And, you know, where they would be know restrictive on what the predator would do right because to me you can put him anywhere right. and as long as you keep the basics of he's hunting and yeah. in a conflict i guess is really yeah. the essence of who he is right well and you know it's funny about that the, that particular movie being set in colorado back then because now if he landed in colorado we'd just get him stoned and we'd all <laughs> just like sit around and smoke and it's like so Alien, huh? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> relax, bro. Relax. What's with all the lasers, dude? Like, <laughs> are you going to do, like, Floyd? What? <laughs> I'm kidding, of course. I have a lot of my friends are uh, on uh, medicinal marijuana. So yeah, yeah, uh, it's, it's a fun. stereotype. It's a fun stereotype it, to play. It, but, but, yeah, it's what it is. You know, that's a lot of when people come to Colorado. That's oh, the yeah. first question they ask is, what's it like? You know, haven't legalized. I mean, honestly, it's same. No, not unless you take the light rail. Other than that, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, the light rail is crazy. It's like, it's like, oh, let's just rename it the Pot Express because that's what it smells like. So, but other than that, everything's great. So you mentioned that you're working on a couple things. Oh, yeah. So And so are you able to share what you're working on or is uh, it under I, lock I and do. key? Some of this stuff has been announced, so it's really cool. Um, so, of course, as I mentioned, I had two more anthologies coming out for uh, space westerns. So the first one was uh, Gunfight on Europa Station, which came out in February. Uh, the next one coming out is um, uh, High Noon on Proxima B, and that's got some great authors in it. Walter John Williams um, uh, and, and um, God, now I'm blanking. Yeah, I'm on the spot here. I've got a lot of great authors in that one. Uh, and then the final one, which will be out. Uh, and, oh, and uh, uh, High Noon's out in, in February. And then the final one, Last Train from uh, uh, Kepler uh, 283C, will be out in the fall of next year. And again, that I can't announce who's in it, but it's pretty big. And so I got those. And additionally, I'm doing... For, for any of you classic science fiction fans out there, um, specifically fans of Jack L. Chalker's Well World series, which was really huge. Midnight at the Well of Souls, 
uh, was a huge book in the 70s and 80s, spawned 10 sequels, Jack died, never quite finished where he was going with it. Um, we're doing an anthology of new Well World stories written by a lot of big name authors. Jonathan Mayberry gave us a story and, uh, and a few others and it's, it's, it's great. It's uh, the first time doing a tribute anthology is weird because unlike say like a Predator Media tie-in, right? You're dealing with uh, a, a property that people are contributing to from all sorts of places. Um, a tribute anthology, you're basically taking one person's work and, and kind of writing in that particular voice. And that is crazy, uh, but uh, it, it's very fun. Um, then uh, the next thing is I have two novels coming out. It's, the, it's only the second and third novel I've ever had released since the first one we talked about way back <laughs> when. Uh, she Murdered Me With Science. Uh, so the first one that's probably going to come out in October is The Drowned Horse Chronicle Volume 1. And that is um, my, my, the first volume of my opus. I've been writing these weird Western stories set in a universe called The Drowned Horse Chronicle. And this is the first collected volume of these. And this is um, what some people are calling a mosaic novel. And a mosaic novel is when you take a bunch of short stories that seem like they stand alone, but when read together, they form a single narrative. And uh, so it's sort of like... Uh, a Tarantino a, movie. What's that? It's like a Tarantino movie. A, a little bit, yeah. Where it's like um, a bunch of vignettes, and then at the but, end but it all ties together. think about it, um, As I Lay Dying by Faulkner, uh, Wild Cards by George R. R. Martin, Thieves' World by Robert Aspirin. Um, all of these uh, were mosaic novels uh, or ma mosaic comic anthologies or, or whatever, right? And so I've done that with The Drowned Horse. It's a weird Western uh, novel set in a fictional town in Arizona that uh, may or may not resemble a town I used to live in, but name was changed to protect <laughs> the innocent or me. Uh, <laughs> And, uh, and it's a lot of fun. If you like that kind of dark tower, Briscoe County, the Wild Wild West, the original Wild Wild West TV series. <laughs> um, if you liked those, Drowned Horse Chronicle is really, really your, uh, really something you need to put on your radar because it's a lot of fun. I, I have my guys fighting all sorts of legendary creatures, a lot of them that people don't know like um, Irish vampire called a Dergdu, Dergdu, and the Dergdu was a vampire that was legendary long before Dracula in Transylvania, um, and it's 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 wonderful to play with some of these lesser known creatures and stuff like that. What's so. the biggest difference between an Irish vampire and the va vampires we know? Uh, so an Irish vampire, if you break a woman's heart and she is so despondent she kills herself, if you plant her body under a cedar tree, in three days she will rise as a dare's do and seek vengeance on the man who broke her heart. It's a sad, sad tale, I tell you. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh. It's been passed down from generation to generation, yeah, <laughs> from exactly. father to son, and yep. son to so. son. <laughs> yep. And she can only be killed either after she has killed the person who broke her heart, or with a uh, uh, a branch from the tree she was buried under. Oh, the wooden stake thing that was is so commonly known now. Correct. Yeah, we don't talk like you know. You take going back to Spike here, you take a Buffy the Vampire Slayer and any piece of wood would do, right? Yeah. Like, you know, if you had stilettos and <laughs> they were a wooden heel, you could use that, right? But no, not the Irish. They make it very specific for you. Uh, so you, you can only kill her with a very specific tree and usually on a very specific day and only after drinking a very specific beer. <laughs> that, that sounds really Irish for sure. Yeah, yeah. I just discovered I'm part Irish, so you know this isn't cultural appropriation at all. So I <laughs> no, it, it's just me. it's just what it is. Yeah. So um, so that's one of the monsters, and I have lots lots of other ones. Um, I have aliens. I have uh, the vampires. I have all sorts of like trolls and demons and ghosts and everything in it, and it's great. I mean, whatever kind of uh, creature you like, it probably showed up there. Would you, what do you find more rewarding, or I guess the differences between writing a short story for an anthology and a novel, and, and what are the wow, challenges a, on both a, of them? That, that's a big question. So, I mean, both of them involve narrative, right? And it's a, a lot goes into figuring out how big that narrative is. So when you're writing a short story, what you're doing is you're taking a scene out of a larger story, right? You don't necessarily need to know what happened before. You don't need to know necessarily what happened after. The key element of a short story is this moment in time encapsulated, right? And so what you find yourself doing is saying, what's the most important scene, what's the most important moment out of this person's life? And you can imply a bigger picture. You can even write more stories about this same person, about the same world or whatever, right? But for a short story, it's that moment, right? In a novel, it's more about a, a, a journey, right? A person, a, a protagonist is going on a journey and it's the, it's the journey only they can go on. They are the only person to do the thing that needs to be done, right? And it's going to be in this novel, we're going to see, hopefully, that thing done. Though sometimes you might, it might take several novels to get that thing done, but they'll have a goal at least to reach by the end of that novel, um, which may open doors for more things, right? Um, and so, you know, we're always looking for that journey because. For a lot of us, we don't get to go on journeys, right? We're st I mean, especially the last couple of years, right? But um, we often um, live our lives in a very small place, right? There's people who don't ever leave a certain square mileage around their house once they settle, right? And fiction allows us to go on journeys, real, imagined, um, we get to spend a, a bit of time, call it wish fulfillment, call it escapism, call it 
call it destiny, call it karma. <laughs> Sorry, channeling a little Bill Murray there. Uh, so uh, in that regard, we get to have a little bit of time away from our lives. And for some people, they only have a short amount of time. They've got kids, they've got jobs. Short stories work really well for them, right? Like I love short stories because um, I can read a short story on the John and my legs don't even fall asleep, right? <laughs> like I take a novel into the bathroom with me, I'm crawling out because my legs are now <laughs> just useless. They're, and, and so I'm crawling out book in hand. <gasps> <coughs> well, at least it, at least it got you hooked. I guess yeah. that's the big thing. Um, so, but a short story, I'm like, oh, okay, done. I can get, I can walk out on my <laughs> yeah. own, right? I'm not calling paramedics. So, you know, it, it, it really it depends on what your idea is, what kind of weight it has. Am I looking at a moment in somebody's time or somebody's life, a moment of time in somebody's life? Or am I looking at a journey that they are taking that I am going along with them? So, um, in that re in regard, so that I mentioned the, the Mosaic novel, which is a collection of short stories. I also have a novel, which is not a collection of short stories, technically. And what it is, is a tie into a role playing game called The Rippers, which is out from Pinnacle using their Savage World system. So you gamers out there, if you're D&Ding or you're pathfinding or whatever, right? Uh, there's also Savage Worlds and they do, uh, they do Deadlands, which I have a story coming out in a Deadlands anthology as well. But um, this novel is set in the Ripper's world. If you saw Penny Dreadful on Showtime, did you guys see Penny Dreadful? Oh yeah, I love show? that show. Okay, basically Penny Dreadful is the Ripper's. Almost to the point that it could have been actionable. That's how close they are, right? Um, and the the Rippers uh, is about uh, a world where uh, cyberpunk. We have people replacing body parts with mechanical uh, items. In the Rippers, you're replacing body parts of the monsters you're killing. So let's say, for example, like in Cyberpunk. If we want new eyes, we get uh, artificial cyber eyes that yeah. allow us to see in different spectrums. In Rippers, you go out and you kill a werewolf and you replace your eyes with a werewolf's eyes and then you can see in the dark and okay. you can see heat and stuff like that. So that's the main conceit of Rippers. Um, I was asked to write a novel that was that felt like the old Penny Dreadful novels. Cool. And so I wrote this, but they told me, and this is the funny part, <coughs> they told me that it couldn't be set in uh, Victorian England, it couldn't be set in, in uh, Paris, and it couldn't be set in the Old West, right? Because they'd all done that already, yeah. right? Those were well-trodden grounds. So I wrote my novel set in Budapest and Austria. So I have a Budapestian horror novel coming out. It's supposed to be a Victorian horror. And it's called The Soul Changers. And it's a, a redemption piece. I redeem a character from history who had a very tragic ending. And I give him a chance to change that ending. And it's a lot of fun. And that will be coming out from Outland Entertainment later this year. Wow, you have a lot of stuff coming out. 
I do. I got one more. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's something you can share or not share? Oh, yeah. All I right. I can share it. I can share it. Okay. What else you got coming out that you can share? Well, it's apropos that I'm here at a Comic-Con. A lot of people already know. We made the announcement, so a lot of people know. But this is the first, like, media announcement I have of this. Um, I wrote a comic book with Kevin J. Anderson. And it's based on a short story that he and I wrote many years ago that was in an anthology. And we were looking for uh, a comic project to do. And I said, why don't we take that story and turn it into a, a comic book? And he said, go for it. And I did an Outland, same people who are doing the, uh, the, the Ripper's Soul Changers book. Uh, love the idea because they're, they're the ones who did the anthology. It's, um, it's a giant mech comic with giant mechs used as anger management therapy. I love it. Yeah. It's called Travalent Rising. <laughs> and the idea is it's not the story. It's, it's not the story of a world fighting alien kaiju. It's the story after we've defeated the alien kaiju and our cities have been destroyed and population has been greatly reduced and we're trying to rebuild our society. Uh, as you can guess, there's a lot of people who've got uh, some problems afterwards, PTSD, uh, one of the major. And my main char our main character is a guy who uh, keeps getting into fights and they, the, the, the new government gives him an option he can either um, do this really dangerous cleanup work. That means he'll probably die because uh, it's like this radioactive sludge. Or he can go into travalent therapy. And what travalent therapy is, is we took those old mechs that we used to save the planet. And now we're using them to, to, to reclaim the planet. They go into cities and they level them and get rid of all the the detritus and so forth. And so we put somebody who's working out their issues in the mech so that they can go, and it's like really therapeutic to punch down a skyscraper. It's like, oh, I hate my boss. Boom. My girlfriend left me. Boom. You know, and stuff like that, right? Meanwhile, they're being monitored and helped along by these AI therapists. And the AI therapists it's not just random they're very specific about what they're helping them accomplish through their therapy and the hope is is that by the time they're through they'll be able to be back to a functioning person in society and that's the concept i, I love that idea because one of my things is i always wanted to know what happens after right. you know I, I always said like a zombie apocalypse would be interesting and Shaun of the dead tackled it kind of in a humorous way but I love that idea oh yeah no I'm always fascinated by the next story like um, I wrote a story it hasn't been published yet but I wrote a story about what happens after the fugitive right what happens after the guy clears his name how does he reintegrate into society or as I pose it in the pitch um, once you've been on the run can you ever stop running? Yeah, it's, I, and, and I so, think that's cool. because Yeah, and I love those stories. I love the story about 
what happens next because we talk about the hero's journey, but there are a few people who study the hero's second journey. Yeah. What's the what's the thing that happens afterwards, right? Yeah. What's the next journey they go on when they have beaten the big bad, right? And Mike Stackpole did this beautifully in a book called Once a Hero. And in Once a Hero, his hero who was born under a star, who was there to defeat the evil Lich King sort of thing, right? Uh, I forget who the bad guy was, but it was an evil, big evil, big, 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 not a nice guy, not a nice guy. Some evil royalty. Yeah, so he's defeated him, and then what next? Like, what happens next? And that really inspired me, and I wanted to tell those kind of stories. Mike's been a huge influence on me, so. I love that. Would you know when the comic's coming out? What's that? When is the comic coming oh. out? Um, so we're just in the art stages now. So I should be seeing art here shortly. Um, we're going to Kickstarter on it. Uh, we're going to Kickstarter the first issue. And hopefully maybe that funds the whole series. We'll see how well it does. But um, it's going to be later this year. We'll be kickstarting that. So I don't have a set date yet because we don't have the art finished yet. Uh, David, thank you for staying down to talk to us. Thank you. But for the before time. you go, you got to give us your social media stuff so we oh, can yeah. stay with you when this Kickstarter starts because it sounds like something I want to kickstart. Okay. Is that absolutely. how you say it? Like you're gonna you you want to kickstart it? Yeah, you want to kickstart it? Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so um, obviously David Boop, spelled just like Betty Boop, B O O P. You'll find me on Facebook. I have both a, a personal page and a fan page. I'm on Twitter. I've started playing with Instagram about 10 years too late, but I'm on Instagram, of course, uh, uh, davidboop.com, and uh, my production company, longshot-productions.net. And so, I mean, I'm, e I'm easy to find. There isn't that many David Boops uh, on social media. There's me and a doctor. And, to me, there's uh, only one. Yeah, all. Oh, 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 big heart for you, man. Big heart for you. But yeah, I'm pretty easy to find. And then Outland Entertainment will be uh, doing the uh, comics. So you can always follow them on social media as well. Thank you again for taking time to sit down with us. Thank it's, you for it's, having it's me been, as always. It's so great to see you guys Yeah, again. it's been far too long. Far too long. We appreciate it. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. Thanks for listening to Real Nerds Podcast, a Nebulous Visions production. Stream or download episodes, read articles at realnerdspodcast.com. Stream us on Apple or Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or iHeartRadio. Follow us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. Twitter and Instagram, at Real Nerds. Watch us on YouTube, Real Nerds Podcast. Email us at realnerds at gmail.com. Call us at 720-6Nerds5. Thank you to Sparks Mandrill, Mike at Plan 9 Studios, and Bolognium for all of our groovy theme songs. And that's how you fucking do it.